Welcome to Evolve to Succeed, the podcast that brings together entrepreneurs, founders, business leaders, and experts to talk about their journeys and explore the link between personal and business success. I'm your host, Juan Munson, founder of Evolve, a coaching, training, and development company focused on enabling business and personal success and creating a community of like-minded individuals. Whether that be through our peer groups, one-to-one coaching, our training and development programs for you and your teams, or through our content and events, our mission is to get the best out of each individual and inspire them to be better both in life and in business. If you want to learn more about Evolve, including our beautiful co-working space in Ashley Cross in Paul, then please go to evolvemembers.com where you'll find great content, insights, details of all of our services and also information on our forthcoming events. For now though, let's get on with the show. Welcome to this week's episode. Today I'm talking to Eric Jensen, Chief Strategy Officer at US-based Predictive ROI, which works with businesses, agencies, coaches and consultants to build original thought leadership and monetize it. As you'll probably concur, digital marketing is a complex and ever-changing animal and understanding how to use it effectively has become a make or break thing in many businesses. At the same time, getting a full grasp of all the tricks and innovative tools that digital marketing offers can really boost engagement and therefore sales. It's an exciting landscape, but also a daunting and even frustrating one. Eric is naturally passionate about digital marketing and thought leadership and how it can scale your business to new heights. Our conversation focuses largely around concepts like cornerstone content, leveraging your content to build relationships and niching down. Eric also explains what the Trojan horse of sales is and on a personal note has some great views on work-life blend and how success is an ever-changing entity. I really hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Eric, and welcome to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. Good to be here, Warren. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to have you on the podcast. I think we're going to talk today about so much around content management, delivering a sales pipeline, how you make an individual authority, so much to cover in our conversation. But you are the Chief Strategy Officer of Predicted ROI. So for our listeners, let's put it into a bit of context. Tell us a bit about Predictive, please. Yeah, you bet. Uh, So Predictive um is a marketing agency we focus on helping agencies coaches and consultants build a position of thought leadership and monetize it that's what we do that's very simple and straightforward on the can so we're going to delve into what that actually means (laughs) and some of your hints and tips i'm sure during the course of our conversation and one of the things that i've seen is that predictive roi talks about a proven process of the trojan horse of sales now that sounds quite grand um I'm just intrigued to learn a little bit more about that, Eric. Tell us about the Trojan horse. You bet. And and it is a a really dramatic name. Um, So we are definitely not suggesting uh, people build giant wooden horses and jump out of them and slaughter people. But uh, so really what the Trojan horse of sales is, is a different method to be able to approach sales conversations. Um, So wherever possible, we're big fans of leveraging an owner's time within a business. Okay. Um, Oftentimes business owners themselves are the best conduit to developing new business, especially with, uh, with the companies that we work with, we're predominantly in B2B. Um, And so the Trojan horse of sales is a way to leverage their time, open the doors a little bit more easily so that they can have good sales conversations um, and develop relationships is really what it's about. So um, I'll give you just a really simple example. This is not the only example, but we're talking on a podcast. So we'll use the podcast as a great example of it. Um, right. Okay, so uh, what we what we really recommend is you identify the sorts of people that you want to have a relationship with, okay? Um, those could be potential clients. If they are potential clients, they need to represent a significant portion of revenue. Okay, so this would be like 10% of your revenue, something along those lines, like a big win. All right. Yeah. Um, or we recommend that they could be a distribution partner, a strategic partner, someone who can connect you to other folks, something along those lines, but a relationship that is worth developing. Okay. And now, Warren, what you could do is you could identify those those sorts of businesses who help your audience. I'm not I'm not saying do this and be self-serving. 
who help your audience or who help your business move forward. And you say, awesome. I would love to have them as a guest on my podcast. Right now, yeah. if you go up and just say, hey, I want to have a sales call with you quickly, you will get doors slammed in your face. And for good reason, yeah. right? Everybody's busy. That's not what they want to do. Nobody loves that sort of yeah. stuff anyway. Okay. And even if they say yes, are you going to record that conversation? Are you going to do anything more with that conversation? Is that conversation yeah. going to live outside of that room and outside of your brain? It's not. Okay. Uh, so what you're able to do is you're able to have someone on to the podcast and have a really meaningful conversation. Get to know them. Get to know their business. Get to know the problems that they're facing. Get to know the audience that they're trying to serve, their hopes, their dreams, the opportunities that are in front of them, right? And if they're still the right person, because keep in mind, sales calls oftentimes tell yeah. us this is not the right person to be working alongside. This podcast interview may say the same thing. That's yeah. okay, because the conversation still produces something meaningful. Something You've meaningful. got something of value out of that conversation, haven't you? Yeah. Right. And not just for you, but for the world, for your business to yeah. keep things moving. And, and I get it. A content strategy and being regular on content is hard. It's time consuming, right? And you know that too, right? Doing, yeah. doing this sort of podcast on a regular basis, it takes energy. It takes bandwidth. It's, you know, um, so we, we love it when you can leverage that. Now, let's say that this conversation actually goes really well and you identify, hey, this is someone that I would love to work with. This is exactly the sort of relationship that I was hoping it was going to be. Awesome. You started off in a great position, getting to know who they are, what the <laughs> challenges are, what the opportunities are. So now you can take that forward uh, and through various tactics. And, and you know, we can, we can talk about that more uh, later. I, I don't want to go too long-winded. But you can take various tactics to then continue to move that relationship forward the same way as you would a sales call. But again, very different in time spent and leverageability, and the the opportunity for you to have that conversation is significantly higher. Okay, so right? that's really interesting, isn't it? And a lot of people, you know, are, are launching podcasts at the moment. You know, it's you know, it's kind of it is the thing, isn't it? You know, we're year three into the podcast, and then when we started it three years ago, you know, it was there was a few people doing it, but not a lot. But it's kind kind of coming you know oh. in the uk and it's even greater in the us more prolific and people talk about how do you monetize your podcast now you're saying your monetization comes uh. out of having the right guests to be able to build the right relationships to then build a proper customer supplier relationship with yeah it's definitely one of the paths and i also okay. want to make sure for your listeners i know that we're using podcasts as the example yeah right and, and simply because it's, it's one that I think everybody understands and it's really straightforward. But the same principle applies if you're doing research, if you're doing yeah. blog posts, if you're doing a video series, if you're doing a webinar series, if you I mean, like there's so many different ways as long as you're using it from a cornerstone content perspective. Now, when we say that in, at Predictive, we have a very specific meaning when we say cornerstone. Yeah, so it one is, of my questions is I've seen that's a term you right. use. You've got some great terminology at Predictive. And one of the things you do is you talk about cornerstone content a lot. So the cornerstone content is the webinars, the podcasts, the white papers, the research, is it? Well, so potentially. So, uh, so here's what makes up cornerstone content. It is something that is regular and consistent okay so your podcast has a rhythm to it it goes okay. out at a certain time every week to yeah. you know and it's roughly this length and it's about this sort of content okay so it's regular consistent it's meaty meaning okay. that you can actually slice and dice it into smaller pieces like emails or blog posts or social media posts okay yeah um and it is not a one trick pony Okay, and that one's a little bit harder to describe. So uh, this is the best way to, to kind of describe it in my experience. It is if you were to build your entire business on Facebook. Okay, that's where yeah. your community was. That's where you sold your products. That's where you had your meetings. That's where you did everything. And let's say Facebook closes down or Facebook yeah. doesn't allow those functions anymore. What happens to your business? Gone. All the content is gone, right? Because Just that's decimated. Yeah. 
right? The audience is gone because that's where it lives. So you don't want to have a, um, you know, one trick pony for you for, again, we'll use the podcast as the example. If let's say iTunes decides we're done with podcasts, we're not doing it anymore. Okay. There's hundreds of other places to be able to platform this content. Yeah. In fact, it probably is already on hundreds of other platforms. It is. <laughs> as we speak, right? So it's not a one trick pony. So again, regular, consistent, meaty enough to slice and dice, and it's not a one trick pony. That is cornerstone content. And so you can imagine where if you were to take this, this Trojan horse strategy and say, I want to do blogs. Well, in order to stand out with a blog for cornerstone content, you got to be pretty prolific. We're talking two, three times a week. Okay. Um, Typically. That's a significant commitment, isn't it? It's a significant commitment. Now, like thinking of all of that on your own, oh, yeah, it would be on, horrible, I'm right? Coming out in a cold sweat already. <laughs> <laughs> and and I mean, I, I know it. We create tons of curriculum uh, over here on Predictive Side for our Authority Sales Machine uh, membership area and all that. Like we do, we come up with stuff every week. We have a free Q and A every week covering a topic. In fact, I've got one today, right? Um, and, and so coming up with that content can feel like a real burden. So what if you were to take that burden and instead interview people for that blog? Again, you're still using the Trojan horse of sales methodology. You're still leveraging those conversations and you've relieved yourself of a little bit of burden of having to come up with all of the brilliance. Um, because a lot of times as a thought leader, you're curating other things and making sense of what exists in the world um, so that you can give someone a common framework to be able to look at the problems that they're facing. Yeah. There's a myriad of solutions often, but it feels overwhelming unless I'm given a framework that I can understand. That's true for everybody. Yeah. That's, that's why curriculum yeah, matters. You can go get a college education online. Why don't most people do it? because it's not broken down into a methodology and a framework for them to be able to easily consume in many instances. That's it. Okay. So you talked about that, and this is this kind of repurposing of content, the slicing and dicing. That is mm -hmm. something that always intrigued me and something I think, you know, we can improve on as a business. So I'm going to just talk to you now and get a bit of personal value from you, Eric. Um, <laughs> you know, what are your rules and kind of hints and tips around the repurposing of content? Oh my gosh. We got like it's quite a wide hours. subject. I know, Eric. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, all right. Um, yeah. Cause I, I could go on for a long time about this. This is something that we, we really, uh, we get passionate about um, because we know this is, this is really where the rubber hits the road for most businesses. What I just talked about, the Trojan horse of sales, most mm. business owners can understand that very quickly and go, okay, I see the value. Yeah, but then yeah, the reality- I can, I can do one of those things. I can have some cornerstone content and I can have a Trojan horse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can I can identify the people I want to talk to and we can record those conversations. I, I can do that. That feels good, right? Yeah. Um, but then the reality hits them in the face of, and then what, right? What, yeah. what do I do with this stuff? Uh, so here is, here's a couple of things that I would recommend. One, whatever you do, it must be a process. Okay. Because a process can be handed over to other people. Okay. If it's not a process. It will forever stay on the plate of the owner or the person who's yeah. doing the interview. Okay. In which case it won't get done. <laughs> yeah. All right. It just won't. Like I, 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 yeah. I love business owners. We work with business owners every day. Um, it won't get done. Okay. But there's always another priority in their lives, isn't there? Right. That's, you know, right. a new shiny thing or a new priority or an, uh, an issue that needs dealing with. Yeah. Right. So uh, have a process. We we have uh, processes here at Predictive that we take and we, we slice and dice uh, certain content. So we know if someone does a podcast episode, we'll just continue to run with that analogy. If someone does a podcast episode, we know that off of that episode, there is going to be produced show notes. Okay. Well, the person who did the interview is not writing those. No. Okay. And we know exactly what those show notes are going to look like. We know it's going to have an opening paragraph. We know that it's going to have bullet points of what's going on. We know it's going to have an about section about the, the guest. We know that it's going to have resources. We know that it's going to have ways to be able to connect with the guest, things along those lines. It's standardized. It's not a bad thing, but it's standardized. It's a process. It's consistent, isn't it? So, consistent. Yeah. Right. Um, and then we also know that when we're listening to that interview, we're going to identify what we call golden nuggets. These are 
elements within the conversation that either we can lift completely or maybe we have to massage the language slightly because oftentimes we don't speak the way that we want to be quoted, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and there's ways to improve that too. But again, I don't want to go down all the possible roads here for, for that. Yeah. But, but anyway, so if you can lift that and, and you know, while the editors are editing, they're looking for those things. And again, the person who did the interview is not editing that interview, right? Someone else yeah. is editing that interview and they know what they need to be looking for. They need to be looking for two to three of these golden moments, golden nuggets. Yeah, we can take those. Those become social media. Those become emails. Those become video clips, right? Those become in our in in our instance, if someone is the right fit from a Trojan horse perspective, that actually becomes a framed quote, and that framed quote is sent to the guest. Say, yeah. hey, we really appreciated having you on the show. You're freaking awesome. By the way, here's one of the really smart things that you said during the episode. Cool. Right? So. Now the person who did I love the that. I'm just, yeah, no, I love the power of that because that's you've listened, you've said you've kind of recognized them as the expert and right. their knowledge and and then you've kind of reflected that and you've kind of given them a thank you in a really positive and respectful way. And that then aids that conversation of well, what else can we do and how can we develop the relationship and what comes next? Right. Because if yeah. this is all about developing relationships, yep. then you need to actually develop the relationship. And we we do something we call FURBS, which is follow-up and relationship building system. Again, we don't have to dive into all the nitty gritty because we can spend all day on process. Uh, I nerd out on that stuff. Um, but anyway, so so it's those sorts of things. And again, when the writers get that, that edited audio, they know, they know we're writing the show notes, we're writing three emails, we're writing 10 tweets, we're writing three social media posts, okay? Yep. They know it. There's a process. You don't have to overthink it. And then when the writing is done, we know the rhythm that it's going to be posted. Yep. Like, and that was my, I, going to be my next question, actually, Eric, because right. so the so the podcast goes out next Monday. Uh huh. How long would that you know you know that content that's produced go out for? Over what period of time does that rhythm happen then? Right. So that's, that is completely up to, um, you know, the person who's doing the content and part of it depends on the rhythm of that content. So let's say, let's, let's switch from podcasts. Most podcasts are weekly, right? Yeah. So you're having a regular input of, of that content on a super regular basis. Like there's not yeah. much time between. Let's talk about primary research. You're probably only doing primary research once a year. Okay. Yeah. It's expensive. It's super powerful. Like <laughs> there are very few things that you can do that are going to elevate you to a position of thought leadership faster than, than primary research uh, because you literally know something nobody else knows. That's a pretty good position to be in. Um, but you've got to make that thing last a whole year of content. So you're probably going to turn that into a monthly blog. And that monthly blog is probably going to have four emails that then promote the, the different concepts in that blog. And there's going to be four social media posts. So what you're going to have is one section of your research produces a month worth of content off of one section. But really, that that one piece of cornerstone yeah. lasts a year. And obviously, by the sound of it, you're a big um, supporter of that primary research. But there's some people that say that that's kind of a little old hat now, that kind of white paper thing. But you're still a strong believer in that, Eric, by the sound of it. Uh, I think that there's a difference between white paper and primary research that is okay. Let's explore that then. Yeah. Um, so it needs to be statistically relevant and it needs to be very niched. So one of the big things that we get our, our soapboxes on, in fact, I'm surprised I haven't brought it up yet. Um, is, there you go. <laughs> but here I go. I'm dragging it out. Um, is that if you're going to be in business, you absolutely, and you want to be an authority, you absolutely have to be niched. Okay. Okay. So you were telling me a little bit about, you know, the folks who listen to this podcast before we, we hopped yeah. on. And to me, that is, it's so valuable and it's so important for you to know and for all of your guests to know. Because we can only be helpful to your audience if we're using examples that are relevant to them. You Absolutely. can only be helpful to your audience if you're you're teaching them stuff that they can apply, right? Um, so the more niche you are, the easier that gets. All right. Okay. 
So if you were to say, I help anybody who runs a business, like startups all the way through, you know, 50 yeah, billion dollars. Multinational PLCs and yeah. Right. They're facing different challenges. Yeah, absolutely. They're at completely different stages of the business cycle. The leadership is thinking about different problems, et cetera. Okay. So this is where I think some of the white papers and the research go into, uh, get into a problem is they try to be helpful to everybody. And so the research itself is, is actually not very useful, right? So if I could take your research and I could take it off of your website and I could put it on my website and it would be equally as valuable to my audience, you're not niched. Yep. Okay. And the research wasn't niched, right? And therefore the content off of that research isn't going to be niched. Yeah. So it's, it's really about narrowing in to be helpful for somebody, not trying to be helpful for everybody. Um, and you know, we see people get, uh, in fact, uh, I just, this morning, uh, there's a client of ours who, um, you know, they work here in the States. They were reached out to, um, by, you know, Australia as in the country, I was like, Hey, yeah. we found some research online of yours and we'd like to have a conversation about how we can go in and do this together. Okay. And how cool, right? That's amazing. Isn't it? Yeah. But it's cause you've niched niching down. You use this right. term niching down and I get it now. Yes. So it's, it's really, really important. Um, you to go an inch wide and a mile deep not an inch deep and a mile wide. Okay. Okay. Um, that is and one of the, one of the 10 truths of being an authority for sure. Okay. And in terms of that kind of cornerstone content, mm -hmm. I suppose, would it depend on the size of business or type of business? Would you have a business running multiple kind of con cornerstone content strategies? You know, awesome. Thoughts on that? Yeah, you can, yeah. you totally can. Right. So here at Predictive, we do primary research. We also have a podcast. You mentioned we've got over a thousand episodes. On yeah, I'm very envious. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we started off by doing them one a day. So we we, we got through a lot of them. Oh, you quick. clocked them up quite quick there. <laughs> we, we did. Uh, and then uh, and then we got the feedback that people were just not able to keep up. So, But we, yeah. we love to use ourselves as guinea pigs um, and to test different marketing strategies and techniques. So, so that we can give the best advice. Um, but so we use podcasts. We're about to launch another podcast coming up here. Um, and we actually, uh, I'll just use this as an example. Um, this particular episode. Yep. When this airs, we're going to slice and dice this. This is going to become blog posts. This is going to become emails. This is going to become social media. This is going to become all sorts of stuff because we want to leverage our time as best as possible. And that's a win for us. And it's a win for you. We're going to make sure that we, we mention exactly where all this content yeah. is <laughs> and what podcast. So it's, it's not self-serving. That's not what it's about, yeah. but it is about thinking strategically about how we can, we can take our time and get the most out of that time. And then these topics, in fact, uh, some of the topics that we're talking about today, those are things that we talk about within ASM and we've got modules on and, and we train people on. Um, so everything that we teach, everything that we speak about, we try to get at least three to four uses out of. Wow. And have you got a big team behind you then to make that happen? Because that's one of the things I think that will scare some of the listeners is they, yeah. you know, they are the leader. They probably should be the one with the voice on a podcast or right, you know, or attributed to writing the blog and all of that. And then they mm -hmm. think, well, yeah, well, I haven't got the time or I'm going to find that shiny new thing. So I can't do the slicing and the dicing and, I, you know, the repurposing and putting that content out there in different ways and sh shapes. Yeah. But also I can't afford a team. <laughs> so you can do you this know. with three people. Okay. Three and people. I, the reason I say three people is because there's three different skill sets. Okay. So right. the three skill sets are? Audio and visual editing. Yep. Okay. So depending on what your cornerstone content is. Um, it's good to have because doing video and audio uh, production is just a powerful tool to be able to leverage. Okay. Yeah. You need a writer. And then you need yeah. someone to post the stuff. Okay. That's it. Easy. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> and by the way, you don't have to have these as full-time people. 
Yeah, I was going to say, could they be part-time or outsourced or? You bet, right? And and so I, what I don't want folks to think is, that sounds like a lot all at once. There's no way I'm going to be able to do that. Don't try to eat the elephant all in one bite. Yeah. Just start with some of the basic stuff, right? So are we niched? Just that. That's a really good question. Yeah. Because until you know that, what are you going to talk about? Okay. Once you know that, then get to know some of the, the, the ecosystem around your audience. So Pam Slim likes to call it these peanut butter and jelly relationships, right? So another business or entity or organization or association or individual, doesn't matter, right? Um, that helps your audience. You can't possibly solve every problem for your, for your audience. There's no way. Okay. They have other things in their life that they need help with. Um, and so you can identify those, those other organizations and it's a win-win. They're still helping your audience. Okay. But it's non-competitive peanut butter and jelly relationship, complimentary and non-competitive. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, she describes it so beautifully. It was the first time I heard it. It was like, she put it into words. That's what, that's what <laughs> really simple. Right. So yeah. she did, she did a great job. So create that ecosystem around your audience and then decide what do you prefer to do? Do you prefer to speak or do you prefer to write? Yeah. Really? That's the big question. Most business owners lean towards speaking. Yeah. Okay. I think because yeah, generally they want to build relationships and the, and that's that human interaction again, isn't it? And right. I suppose, and have you seen that change dramatically over the last few years in terms of, you know, the, we've talked about, you know, podcasts becoming prevalent, but we've mm-hmm. talked about, so you can put, you know, videos on social media. We've talked about general audio visual. Is the desire from the consumers, you know, you know, other business owners to hear, is it more now audio visual, do you think, than the written word? Or, you know, there's obviously a space for both, but do you think the, the leaning now is more towards audio visual? No, I, I, I think that it is completely based on the individual and preference. So okay. as interesting it is, as it is, we've done a thousand podcast episodes. My main consumption pattern is reading. Okay. Right. So and- if, I, if I were to look at what I do, it's reading. Um, and okay. others that I've talked to, it's, it's all about podcasts. Like they love podcasts. Yeah. And then for others, they're like, oh man, a podcast is way too long. Um, I, I really love like these short how-to videos, right? Yeah. And they gotta be, they gotta be 10 minutes or less and I'm going to play yeah. them on double speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So Again, I suppose that leads into a whole different thing. I suppose that that is the, that also comes down to your niching down again, doesn't it? And understanding your niche, right? And and what your niche de- generally will consume, right? So and uh, so it's it's that yes and is really kind of what yeah. that what that is is the more that you understand your niche, the more likely you are to understand their consumption habits. That is true. Okay. But the more you understand your niche, the easier it is to construct or create multiple types of media for them to be able to consume. Yeah. Okay. So I prefer if the more comfortable a business owner is, the higher the context they should start with. And I'll explain that. So video is the highest context. All right. You can take video and you can work it down the production ladder very easily. You can strip out the audio, it becomes a podcast. You can get a transcript and you can turn that into writing, right? It's very easy to take video and move it down the ladder, okay? Now let's say you start with writing. It's a whole lot more effort to move it up the context ladder, right? Okay, yeah. Okay, so wherever possible, we recommend people start at the highest point on the ladder that they can Oftentimes, podcast is a sweet little middle ground. You don't have to worry about how you look. You don't have to worry about your background. You don't have to worry about, oh, man, I hate seeing myself on video. You know, all all of the other technical hurdles like lighting, et cetera. It's, you know, buy a $50 mic, open up the Zoom account you probably already own. um, And you can either have someone on as a guest or even if it's just yourself, you hit record, 
you do your stuff go for a rant and off you go (laughs) and you're done right i mean so like the technological hurdle is is not very big i mean we're talking we're talking software and systems that people use every day okay wow i've got so many questions i'm gonna you know i'm gonna struggle gonna keep this podcast time but i could talk to you for hours because i'm fascinated with these things that you're saying is what's your view then on you know podcasts where there is a lot of is it because of the kind of authority piece i assume you very much prefer the interview type podcast than the short rant type ones or again is that depending on business niche individual style Right. Well, that depends on the strategy. So if you're going with a Trojan horse of sales, interviews are critical to that strategy, right? It's the only thing you can, yeah, it is is the Trojan. That is the strategy. Now we still recommend you do, you do your own individual stuff, but it certainly lightens the burden on whether or not you're able to uh, create regular content. Now let's take, let's take this other view, right? Which is, I just want to get on and I want to be able to, to give my two thoughts, my, my two cents and thoughts on, on this. And I'm going to do this on a regular basis. Um, that works really well. So long as you are willing to take a bit of a controversial stance. Okay. Or you are willing to be really doing your homework and putting out consistent, useful information as far as facts, figures, updates, yep. um, you know, things along those lines. But essentially what you're doing is you're creating uh, a platform that's built around your personality, right? Yeah. Less around your business and more around you as an individual. Yeah, no, we haven't covered that at all, have we? Because that is we, something different, isn't it? It, it is. And, and it's not necessarily bad. It's not the it's not what we recommend. It's not the philosophy that we have um, as far as business goes. So, for instance, um, my uh, my business partner, Stephen Westner, he does all the interviews for our podcasts for predictive ROI. But I'm doing the podcasts and interviews that we do outbound, right? And both of us teach on a regular basis in front of our audience. And we try to get all of the smarts from our team in front of our audience on a regular basis as well, because we don't want to build the business around us. Yeah. And so part of that gets into your strategy and your questions of, do you want to build your business to be able to sell it? Do you want to be able to have your content be reproducible by someone besides you? Do you want to, do you want to create this as an element of your business that you're going to actually spin off? And this is what's going to become your business and, you know, the current business that you're running and using to, uh, to fund this is something that's going to be its own entity, or maybe that gets sold independently, right? There's all sorts of decisions to be made as far as, what is your strategy? So if someone wants to talk about that, <laughs> that's a whole other, that's a whole other can of worms. Um, obviously they can always get a hold of us and, and we can walk them through something along those lines. Um, and like I said, we do have free weekly Q and A. So people can actually just literally hop on and ask us questions. So okay. that, and we do have people ask us questions like that. Um, and, and it's, plus it's just a cool community. Um, but, I would say for most business owners, based on my experience with the sorts of businesses that we have worked alongside, if you're in a B2B situation, everything along those lines, the Trojan horse is probably the most basic strategy to stick with. Get your voice down and then maybe worry about if you want to go and do your own kind of personal uh, brand kind of marketing. Yeah, right. Right. Because personal brand is tougher in some ways. It's, it's really nice in other ways. It's easier to connect with someone rather than Mm. a business. Um, But again, I I get it. It comes down to what's your strategy, isn't it? And most businesses, particularly the B2B, it's about, it's about that Trojan horse piece, isn't it? It's about getting content out there. It's sharing knowledge. It's sharing that you're experienced in the niche. It's all of those things, Eric, that you've, talked about isn't it you know and you have a business that is there to fulfill what you develop in relationships and biz dev through your efforts yeah whereas when you do a personal brand the first question i usually ask people is and how will that make money yeah 
It's the monetization thing. Where's your infrastructure behind that? I know that you can build it, but do you have it? Because otherwise you're biting off a much bigger chunk than what you think in order to be able to do that. Okay. So that's been brilliant. It's been a great conversation. As I say, I could talk to you for hours and I've got more questions in my head around that, but I'd like to just turn a little bit to (laughs) predictive ROI and also some of your own kind of experiences and kind of a bit about your journey and some of the things that you hold dear. So first thing is, I've seen one of the most unique core values I've ever seen uh, in predictive ROI's values when doing a bit of research. And it's called, one of your values is life is not static. So (laughs) what does that truly mean? Oh, man. You got me intrigued, I have to say. uh, It is one, it is a core value that we talk about on a regular basis. Um, So life is not static. For us, man, it's so ingrained. It's like it, it's almost like taking a step back to try to explain something. You're like, "What's the color yellow?" Uh, um, so, so life is not static. Is the reality that we can make plans as much as we want, and life yeah. still happens. Yeah. So, as an organization, um, and as as members in that organization, we need to be able to zig and zag as life demands but not lose sight of the goal. Okay. Okay. So life is not static for us is when something unexpected happens and you're like, Ooh, couldn't have planned for that. You go, well, that's okay. We're going to zig and zag. We're not going to freak out. We're not going to be upset because the plan isn't, isn't going exactly the way that we want to. Business is messy. Life is messy. Right. It's complicated, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Right. There isn't, you know, the journey to success is not linear, is it? It's, you know, it's up and down and left and right. And, and eventually, you know, you persevere, you get to, yeah. you know, you hope. Sometimes backwards. Right? Yeah. And then forwards. But eventually, yeah. you keep, I suppose, keep the eye on the prize and keep, you know, keep that goal in mind and head towards it. So, um, and, and give yourself a little bit of grace along the path that just because it's not going in a straight line, that somehow something is wrong or somehow you yeah. failed or somehow, um, you know, that, the goal is is no longer possible. Uh, so for us, life is not static. Is all of those things kind of wrapped in in one of keep the goal in mind, but understand there's going to be things you don't expect, and that's okay. Great value to have. Great, I understand it now, and I love it even more. So you also talk about um, anchor moments. So what are these, and how do they apply to both business and I suppose life in general yeah um so i i haven't talked about that uh too terribly uh often um i actually did uh the the time that i really spoke about that most publicly was um was on an interview with uh april balistero she uh, has a podcast called the elephant in the room she's awesome um and it really was more on a on a on a personal side as far as what that really uh, means. But anchor moments in general are this idea that our memories are often tied to big events or big changes. Hmm. So childhood feels really long because we have all sorts of anchor moments. There's all sorts of big moments, right? Everything is new. Everything is big. And life tends to feel like it speeds up the more of those moments become mundane yeah um and without the ability to think back on all of the things that you've done uh life feels shorter now it's all perspective right but 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 that's what it is and so anchor moments are oftentimes things when something has drastically changed is highly emotional um you know, or is brand new. Okay. Those are, those are usually the times in life uh, that we think about those. And, um, you know, during that interview, we talked about how being intentional about those anchor moments for me is, is fairly important for my son. Right. Okay. Because if I can create some of those anchor moments for him, by taking something that maybe maybe it would be a little bit mundane, but what can I do to twist that just a little bit 
and make it something new, something fresh, something yeah. big, so that he really remembers that. Um, and he has lots of experiences to be able to look back on in life um, is pretty important, right? That's a lovely philosophy. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see how well I do, but at least... <laughs> We'll cut back to another interview in 10 years' time. There we go. <laughs> say, what do you remember yeah, about your childhood? He's going to list all sorts of things, and we go like, well, I don't remember any of those, but I'm glad you do, right? So, yeah, they weren't any of the anchor moments are planned. Right. <laughs> but then that's life again, isn't it? Life's not that's, static, as you life said. Life is not static. All we can do is, is aim for what we, we intend. And you also talk a lot about work-life blend, instead of work-life balance yes. and I, I think I know what you intend by that but I just wanted to explore that because I'm a believer that there is no you know if you're an entrepreneur business owner business leader there's no such thing as nine to five work-life balance and if that's what you set out to try and grab and achieve <laughs> you're just going to add up miserable and feeling like a sense of failure um, but I talk about being present in the moment so is that what you're talking about when you talk about work-life blend Eric? Yeah. So work-life blend is something that um, I was first really kind of exposed to and taught by a fellow named Drew McClellan. He runs uh, Agency Management Institute. He is a very sharp guy um, and also an entrepreneur, right? And so okay. what you just described was if you own and run a business, you can't put your business in a box. It's it's just too much a part of who you are. Um and don't get me wrong, maybe there's somebody who's listening that says, I figured it out. I put it in a box every, every day, right? I close my office door and I don't think about it anymore. I think that's unusual. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think that that is a unique position. And for that person, if they do feel that way, bravo, congrats. Yeah, great. And Good on them. Yeah. You have achieved something, something that, that most is... business owners would never achieve. Yeah. Right. So instead, it's this idea of how can you combine business and life, like your personal yeah. life. Um, so, and it's simple things sometimes, and, and these aren't going to be earth shattering. Okay. But, but oftentimes as business owners, we overlook them. Right. So if you're going to be on a, if you have to take a call, why not take a call and go for a walk at the same time? Hmm. Right. Instead of sitting in your office, taking the call and then later on going and taking the walk. Yeah. Just combine those. If you have to travel for business, what would it look like to be able to bring your family and yep. spend an extra day or two? Right? It's it's not gonna make or break the entire experience, but boy, it gives you at least a little bit more time to be able to have an adventure with your family. Yeah. Okay. Or things like um, you know, if, it, and we work remotely, so it's a little bit different, right? <laughs> so our company yeah. is hundred percent remote. Um, but, but if you happen to work in an office or things along those lines, you know, what would it look like to be able to, again, get everybody together and just say, Hey, company's not paying for it or anything along those lines. But, um, you know, once a month, our family goes and we have, I don't know, dinner at Chili's or whatever restaurant happens to be. Yeah around um we'd love it for folks to be able to to join and you can turn that into a moment of getting to know other people other family members uh from from your team members and things along those lines and it can be really really rewarding right yeah so uh and i think tony robbins gave a great example he's like oh man I got back from traveling i have all these calls all these emails oh just didn't really feel like doing it he goes how can I make this more enjoyable? And he goes, okay, I'm going to go sit in the hot tub and I'm going to, I'm going to do my phone calls. Yeah. Okay. Right. So find, find the ways that you can combine some of that stuff. It is okay. Nobody is going to look at you as being less professional. Nobody is going to think less of you. Your business is not going to do worse. If, if anything, it's going to do better because you're going to give your chance yourself a chance to restore when you need to. Yeah. Brilliant. Great philosophy. Again, several of them on this conversation. So as we can draw to an end of our conversation, I always, you know, our regular listeners will know I finish with one question and that is, it is the Evolve to Succeed podcast, Derek. So <laughs> I am going to ask you, 
Yes. You know, what's your personal definition of success? Oh, it's uh, it's a question that I struggle with on a regular basis because yeah. for me, it continues to be an evolving target. Mm. Um, if you had asked me that question when I was 15, yeah. I'd have said being able to have my own car and a little bit of spending money. Okay. If you'd asked me that when I was 20, I'd have said having a, a steady career and, you know, college education and, um, you know, a decent place to live and some savings. Yeah. Right. Ask me in my thirties and it's like, I want to have my home completely paid off. I want to have money in the bank. I want to have, a, you know, a business of X size and I want to be able to spend, you know, X number of days away from, uh, away from company and, and really giving myself time to breathe and think in, in bigger ways. Um, so as of today, uh, my, my vision of success, uh, we've actually got it written down. It's called our Everest mission. And we, we learned that from a place called elite entrepreneurs, uh, again, run by a fellow named Brett Gilliland. He's, he's super, super smart. Any of your business owners that are, uh, in the seven figures or, or past should definitely look at his stuff. Okay. Um, and it's, it's a visualized business plan for the next two years. It's literally an image and it shows us every step that we want to take along the way in six month increments, um, what that looks like. So my, my vision of success is achieving that Everest mission, um, and, and being able to, uh, spend a little bit more time with my family, which I've done a great job of, uh, lately and taking advantage of the fact that we're hundred percent remote and traveling. Uh, so we're going to be, we're going to be traveling, uh, quite a bit this summer. I'm still going to be working, right. Okay. But I'm going to get to work in all sorts of cool places, Bend, Oregon, um, you know, uh, Hawaii, we're, we're going to be trying to, to get to a couple of other places as well. Uh, visiting family out East and visiting family in the Midwest, um, getting to spend time with nieces and nephews. And I can do all of that by the work life blend that we talked about. Uh, and that feels really good. So, but, but success is a, is a moving target. And I, I think oftentimes as business owners, we don't get told that that's okay. Yeah. I think as individuals, we get told that that's not okay. We're supposed to have this grand vision of what things will be. Yeah. Um, but we change. Yeah. Life's not static. Life's not static. And <laughs> so, uh, you know, success keep, isn't static, is it either? Success no. isn't static either. Right. So when, when you achieve one goal, you're going to probably have other goals, right? Yeah, definitely. And that's okay. Um, yeah. try to try to give yourself a little bit of breathing room too, though, and, uh, appreciate the success that you have, you have before you move instantly to, I'm not successful anymore because I moved the target. Yeah. But then again, that's that entrepreneurial mindset. It, we're not great. It is. Okay. Which well, there's why, the hurdle. And it's not hard to jump. And then he jumps the hurdle. And he jumped the hurdle. And you don't look back to see what you've jumped. You just look at the next hurdle, uh -huh. but it's twice the height. And yeah. off you go. And you don't enjoy the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I think you said something, you know, great last, uh, a little bit ago about like living in the moment. Mm. Um, a lot of us are really bad at that. It's hard. It's hard. Even yeah. to do it for a few moments, it's hard. Yeah. There's so um, much noise in life, isn't there? Even if you don't run a business, just life is noisy, life. isn't it? Yeah. It is. And so give yourself some grace. Try to live in the moment, even if it's just for a few minutes a day. Um, take stock of where you're at. Appreciate where you're at. Um, and then, okay, fair enough. Go be hard on yourself and, uh, try to achieve more. That's, that's, <laughs> that's your natural, uh, you know, mindset. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that either. Uh, but, but if you're not careful, it can burn you out too. If you don't take those yeah. moments. Some great sentiments there. Thank you, Eric. So if people want to learn more about Eric or more about predictive ROI, uh, where can they go? Uh, so they can go to predictiveroi.com. That's that's probably easiest. That's nice and easy. <laughs> uh, it, it is nice and easy. Um, if they want to, you know, again, get to know a little bit more about us or ask questions, 
really truly where we love i mean like we love both steven and i come more from where we met was even an academic background we love that stuff um so any chance to teach we we get we we take advantage of um so we've got our free q a's and i know that i mentioned a lot of different concepts um today so if anybody wants to um, they can go to predictiveroi.com forward slash free dash book. Um, okay. We do have a copy of our latest book, Sell with Authority. Um, it's free. It's not one of those gimmicky things of like put your stuff in and by the way, now pay $7 for shipping and handling. Um, but it covers, you know, the 10 truths of authority. It covers how you go about niching down. It covers how you go about triaging, like what sort of cornerstone content should I do? What does that actually look like, et cetera? Um, so it makes it really accessible in a way that I think this conversation was really, really good, but it also is going to, it's probably feeling like drinking out of a fire hose. Yeah. Um, and so this breaks is able to break it down a little bit more. So if folks want to, they can, they can do that. Uh, they can download it. I kid you not. We have, we have shipped books all over the world, even to South Africa for free. That was an adventure and it was a couple hundred bucks, but we still did it. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, just, uh, those are, I think the best, probably the best three ways, uh, to really kind of, if, if they're interested in learning more, if they find this helpful, get the book, join the Q and a, you know, and, and keep learning, uh, because there's tons of opportunities. Brilliant. Sounds like a good, that book sounds like a great bit of content and it will answer some of those other questions that I've got burning in my mind now. <laughs> well, we can, Eric, we can send you a copy for that as well, Warren. So <laughs> thank you, Eric. Eric, you've been a great guest. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for all the valuable insights that you've given. And yeah, so thank you for being a guest on the uh, Evolve to Succeed podcast. Oh man, I'm super excited to be here, Warren. This has been great. Uh, I, I hope that this was useful for your listeners because that, that right there is the, the standard uh, as far as we're concerned. And uh, it's been awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. My hope with every episode is that you've learned something new or heard something that challenged your way of thinking and further motivated you on your path towards becoming a more knowledgeable, informed and inspired individual and business leader. If you enjoyed this episode, then please help us by rating, reviewing and subscribing. We really value your feedback and would love to have you along for future episodes. And please don't forget to learn more about Evolve by going to evolvemembers.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week.